Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Acts chapter number 12, if you'd stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. And we'll get into this. Sunday, we started on this subject title of prayer. And one of my, um, one of the, the men of God that I was influenced by, um, I wouldn't say he was a huge influence, but, but I, I watched his life and I watched and listened to a lot of, lot of their songs and music. And many of you might be familiar with them in this day and time. Maybe you're not because it's kind of <laughs> outdated a little bit. <laughs> but, but man, the, the, what, what production and sound came out of this place. And it all derived from prayer. They would have Tuesday night prayers. Now listen to this. This was not a service. This was prayer meeting. And they would have 5,000 people show up. Anybody know what I'm who I'm talking about? If you've read Fresh Fire, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, you'll, you'll know that I'm talking about Jim Cimbala in Brooklyn Tabernacle. And there was a sound that came out of the position of their prayers. There was a sound that reached the world when there was no YouTube, when there was no... It, it reached people. Why? Because prayers will reach people. How many knows prayer produces sounds? And so I, I really want to hone in on this because I believe that, that in this hour, God is not looking for the sound of entertainment. God is looking for the sound of an intercessor. And I believe that He wants to hear intercession in His house. Come on, somebody help me. There's nothing more beautiful, I'm just going to say it to my ears, than to hear somebody with fervence praying but can you imagine what it is to the one who created you when you're communicating to the creator it's like aroma sweet smelling savior into the nostrils of god and so tonight as i begin to deliver this <laughs> anytime you want to pray if you want to position yourself there if you want to get into these altars i don't Listen, these altars are open. Every space in this sanctuary is open for you to pray. Find you a position to pray, and we're going to do that a little bit later. But as you turn to Acts chapter number 12, there's something that's powerful in this message and in this particular verse. It says, it was about the time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. How many knows the enemy's goal is to persecute you? And it said he had James and his brother John put to death with the sword. The ones that the enemy wants to silence are the ones closest to him. You remember Peter, James, and John, they were the ones that kind of were the inner circle. And God is saying in this day and hour that I'm forming <laughs> an inner circle. And so the, the enemy wanted to silence those that were closest to God. Because he can influence when there's no noise of the kingdom. Let me just say that again. No sound of the kingdom. Because we can make noise and not produce sound. And he had said this. He said when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews. Watch this. Approval of man. He proceeded to seize Peter also. Now this happened during the festival of unliving bread. Somebody say it was the Passover season. Somebody say it was the blood season. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to the guard, uh, the guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Isn't that an interesting thought right there? Just that, sorry, my mind's going a little side note here. He couldn't touch him in Passover season. Just, you know. Why? Because he couldn't touch him when the blood's applied. See, when the, the, when the Passover blood was applied, the, the death angel couldn't touch him. And so in this season, they had to honor that season. Come on, somebody. So he couldn't touch him. He couldn't touch him here. 
And we see, so Peter was kept in prison. Let me just say this. If the enemy can't kill you, he will imprison you. But the church was earnestly praying. Oh, man. Hallelujah. The church was praying. And the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries. Soldiers, that means a guard, stood guard at the entrance. And somebody shout this word, because I love this word, and I shout it every time I see it, because it's a powerful word in, in the Scripture. Somebody shout suddenly. Every time suddenly happens, there's an angel or something appears that comes from another dimension. That's why I love that word. Because when there's a suddenly, it's going to be backed up by heaven. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell in the darkness. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. I, I just declared that there's light getting ready to come through darkness and awaken some people in the day and hour that we're living in. Some people of God and leaders have been in prison, but an angel's getting ready to break you out of the prison that the enemy has tried to keep you in. Somebody shout suddenly. And he struck Peter on the side and he woke him up. Quick, watch this, get up, he said. And watch this, the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Now let's keep going. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, Peter, follow him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought it was, he was seeing a vision. He had been in a dream. He thought he was, see, he was dreaming. He was asleep. He thought he was seeing things. Verse 10, they passed the first and second guard and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. Come on, somebody. Here's what I hear the Lord say. You're about to see the season of the opening. Now, you didn't catch that. I said you're about to see a season of access and open doors and open heavens. But here's the key. There must be a church praying. Without prayers there will be no access without prayers the gates the iron gates will not open and they he by way of the holy spirit an angel led him through and into the place and when they had walked through length of one street suddenly the angel left him then peter came to himself in that moment and now he knew without a doubt that the lord has sent his angel and rescued him from herod's clutches and from everything the jewish people were hoping would happen when this had dawned on him he went to the house of mary the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. They were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and the servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when he recognized Peter's voice, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed and ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. So they're at Mary, the mother of John's place, and it says, they gathered and were praying. Somebody say, that was a house of prayer. It was a house of prayer. And then verse 14, I want to, I want to stop right here. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them tonight, because of prayer tonight because of prayer your promise is knocking at the door come on somebody amen 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 you may be seated in the presence of the lord i thank you lord for your scripture i thank you lord for your anointing in this place tonight thank you for these musicians singers those who have ushered us in and led us well into your presence so, Lord, I pray that you would anoint the rest of this moment. Anoint my lips. Speak through me. Teach through me. Preach through me. Prophesy through whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit. And I'll give you praise in advance for what you've done, what you're already doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> this particular passage of Scripture, we see that Peter was placed under maximum security. In the care, we see there's, they had four squads Around him, soldiers, four men each. They, they worked, watch this, three-hour shifts to keep Peter behind bars. 
Man, you know you've messed some people up when you've got shifts, shift work going on to keep you bound and in prison. And that's how effective the ministry of Peter was. But I want you to understand, it was not effective until he waited. There was no effect like this that would even alarm the enemy to keep him bound had he not been in a place in Acts 2 and waiting and praying and interceding on the promise of the power of God. So the, the moving of the church started in prayer. It started with intercession. And we see here that, that he was chained on not just one side, but they had him chained on both sides. And a soldier was not only inside the prison, but there was two soldiers on the outside of the prison trying to keep him in. Can I just tell you, even when you've got wicked guards inside the prison and outside the prison trying to keep you in, when there's prayer of saints going up for you, there ain't no bars or chains that can keep you. Because the power of prayer produces a sound that will shake the chains. And we see here that as they, that, that Peter, when he heard this in, in the closing chapters of the book of Isaiah, we see that, that we can see what, what uh, Isaiah is saying in chapter 55. It's the end of the book. We can see that 55 is starting to come into the victory moment. And it's that invitation to experience what's being prophesied of redemption. And isn't it interesting, uh, Pastor Amanda has said this, that for a long time, this prophet who was so true was called a false prophet. He, he was known as it never coming to pass. But how many knows Jesus stepped into the scene? The light showed up and broke the chains. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And so we see that 55 here is the invitation of experiencing redemption. And then our chapter Sunday morning, 56, Isaiah, makes it abundantly clear that the invitation was not extended uh, just for a chosen people, Israel. But how many knows he declares in this scripture verse, even Gentiles, even the Jews, everybody can get in on the redemptive plan of, of what Jesus paid the price for, the redemptive uh, plan of God came into fruition and people from every nation on earth will be welcome to taste salvation. Every person, every color, every shape, every size has the right, come on somebody, because of what Jesus did, you have an invitation to taste salvation. And the Bible says that the church, he said, you're going to know them. They're going to be visible. It's going to be a remnant. It, they will be an immovable in this season. Isaiah, I'm talking now, I'm in Isaiah 56 now. But on, they'll be immovable because they're founded and built on the anointed one, Christ Jesus. There's, there's the solid foundation that they are built on. And I will bring them to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house. How many knows that when you're on his holy mountain, there's joy in your house? Come on. When you're in the presence of God, you can't help but smile to your neighbor. Come on. When you're in the presence of God, you can't help but have joy in your spirit and joy in your footsteps and joy when you go home tonight and lay your head on your pillow. It's not just we come here and shout in a frenzy of joy, but I take joy home with me because I got Jesus in me. And we see here that the holy mountain, Isaiah, the place of presence, the dwelling in the life of the Holy Spirit, passionately pursuing with wholeheartedness, I will make them those who are dwellers, those who are presence seekers. I don't want anything else. Just give me the presence. I just keep picturing that woman with the issue of blood, and she just pressed through because she knew if she could just touch him, she would be made well. And this is the way our hearts should be. Like David said, early I will seek you. I'm going after you into your presence I'm a presence seeker I, I, I want to dwell with the Lord that is my heart's desire and in this life the Holy Spirit will pursue those who pursue him and passionately uh, make it a wholehearted experience and will make you joyful in the house of God the Bible said that their burnt offerings in verse uh, 7 it says that their offerings and their sacrifice uh, these will be acceptable on his offer, altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer. Now watch this. Not for the select few. But how many knows it's for everybody? My house is for everybody. I want you to know that. 
Because it's not just for this denomination, that denomination, and this culture and that culture. But God is bringing the remnant pieces together. And he is declaring in this day and hour that I'm going to use every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And I'm bringing a remnant together to roar like never before. There's a roar that's going to come out of all people and it's going to be a sound of intercession. And he's saying Christians like living stones are going to be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. That is 1 Peter 2 and 5. God no longer lives in tents and buildings made with human hands, but in the lives of those who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. We are God's house of prayer together. Hallelujah. We are God's house. We are those living stones stacked amongst each other. And when we come into agreement, listen, one stone uh, thrown can take down a giant. But I just want you to understand that there's some living stones that when you come together, when you get together, Together and let the Lord have his way in the building. When you let the dove loose and don't try to control him and contain him, something will always happen to those stones who come together. And the Bible says that salvation will open up to them. In Matthew 21 and 12, I just want to go through this and recap, that Jesus was upset and entered the temple and drove out, overturning the tables of those who had caged the dove on the grounds of glory. The Holy Spirit has been attempting to control and capture and tame. But, 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 but we see here that what happened here, we see in Acts that the power of God fell in Acts 2 and the Holy Ghost was let out of the cage. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost was let out of a place and into a place. And so this gift has been released. And Jesus was saying that this is not a place of business. It's a place of building. Come on. This is not a place uh, of entertainment. It's a place of intercession. And he's saying, well, we're not coming to the place to purchase a sacrifice. We bring in a sacrifice with us when we get to the place. So I'm not coming uh, to a place, but I'm coming from a place with something to offer. And so it was a form of godliness, but not denying the power thereof. We can see the revelation in the picture. Coming to a place, not from a place. And he said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer. And after they were run out of the house, this is key right here. I want you to see this. That after they were run out of the house, after pride is ran out of the house, I want you to understand that when pride runs out, his power runs in. When, when we see that, that uh, not only pride runs out, but how many knows that when greed gets out of the way, his glory begins to get in the way. Hallelujah. His glory begins to be released where greed is, is, is run out of a place. He begins to release his glory because we have chosen not to be greedy, but to give him glory. And we see that, that salvation opened the way to relationship. You can approach God now in prayer. You can commit uh, and communicate with God through prayer. And you can worship through prayer. We've been acceptable to God through the salvation of the Son who lives to intercede for you. He is the intercessor standing or sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he's praying. He wants to pray for you. This is Jesus. He wants to pray for you. You are, uh, it's an intimate connection there. It's an intimate, it is a powerful uh it's you know we used to sing jesus on the main line tell him what you want you know because that's the that's the line that's the that's the communication that'll get you to the source you know if you go through him then he can get you to the god who's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that you can think ask or imagine but i want you to see this place as intimate connection with god and so uh whether in church or whether in a connect group or whatever the case may be whether you're alone in your closet or your car whatever the case may be i hear the lord calling us as this body uh to be a house of prayer. I hear the Lord saying, whether you're in your secret place or you're in the sanctuary, may we be a house of prayer. 
In Him, the whole building is being joined together and it rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. It's a dwelling place with God. And in the dwelling place with God, the atmosphere of God's house is that place where people are crying out to God. They're praying to God. Where congregations assemble together. And I said this Sunday, just going to reiterate, it says that the aroma around the Father are hearts wide open. Hallelujah. Don't close up when you enter into His gates. Open your heart to what He he has you to receive in this place and the supplication of the Lord shall be in their mouth and 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 so they've turned away of that spirit of flesh and that spirit of greed uh, greed and listen we can't do this in our natural state Jesus has already done it grace is the one that is our God are you hearing me grace is the one that governs all things and grace is the one that will help me get rid of greed and grace will help me uh, get rid of that bitterness I don't have to work for it I don't have to try to do it in my own Jesus has already paid the price and his grace has already set me free his mercies are new every morning but greed has to be uh, removed from my atmosphere bitterness has to be removed from my atmosphere listen unforgiveness has haunted the house of God for way too long and has, has affected the, the effects of the Holy Spirit but we have to be uh, humble enough to say I'm ready to get rid of unforgiveness in my heart I'm ready to uh, get rid of unforgiveness that brings, watch this, uncleanliness in my life. Wow. If you have unforgiveness, just wait. There will be some uncleanliness that will follow unforgiveness. Because you'll never be satisfied until you start forgiving. Why? Because the nature of Jesus is to forgive. And prayer changes things. Watch this. When I get in an atmosphere and I see worship going up, and, 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 and I'm, I'm a worshiper, so I'm going to get in there. But I want to pray at the same time. I want to intercede at the same time. That's just the way I am. You may be different than that. But I just like to pray in the midst of worship because I've seen in those moments of praise and pray, uh, uh, prayers of praise and worship as I'm worshiping the Lord in one side and then I begin to pray, God, I need you here. I need you there. How many knows that we should be a needy people? I need Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need Jesus every day. And we see that when we pray in this way and we praise in this way, all of a sudden the house of prayer begins to release healing for the sick. Listen, when they ran the when he ran the greedy out, the people began to be healed. They begin to be saved. They begin to be delivered. Here's what I want to tell you: when we get the right heart in, we'll see healing in the house. And through prayer, the, the, the broken will be mended. Darkness is uh, eliminated and, and the light comes in and illuminates darkness through prayer. Demons begin to tremble because there's people who are positioned and postured in prayer. It was the house of prayer in our opening scripture. Watch this, that unlocked. And here's what I want to tell you, that if you're looking to unlock something in your life, I don't know what it may be. It may be a situation. It may be a revelation. Here's what I want to tell you start to pray if you will pray it's the key to unlock everything that is has bound you everything that is hidden from you God says if you will pray and communicate to me and draw close to me when you draw nigh to me I'll draw nigh to you and so then you begin to be led on uh, on some secrets of heaven anybody want to know some mysteries from heaven you want to know what his thoughts are and his mind is and what his actions want to be in your life Prayer changes things. Say that with me. Prayer changes. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it breaks wickedness. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've seen prayer raise the dead. Come on. I've seen it happen. You can't tell me that prayer don't raise the dead because I saw it with my own eyes. Maybe if I didn't see it, I couldn't believe it. But I'm telling you, we believed it before we saw it and then we saw it. Now you can't take it away. Prayer will raise the dead. Prayer is in our opening scripture. It unlocks the prison to Peter's miraculous escape and chains were broken through agreement and corporate intercession. And tonight, I came to tell you that I believe that through prayer at the end of this thing, I believe that we're going to not only sense that there's broken chains, but I want to hear it in your spirit that there's going to be a breaking in this house. I said the things that have held you and bound you for years, I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that the chains are going to break 
and prison doors are about to open up. I said, this is the season of the opening where there's going to be open doors and there's going to be open windows. There's going to be blessing and breakthrough in your life. Woo! All right, settle down and teach now. And I believe there's a remnant hungry. I hear you in this house. Worshippers that, that are rising who are more focused on prayer and intimacy with God. It's not about the entertainment. It's about the intercession. A Levitical priesthood that has chosen, because you got to choose this thing, to be devoted. Chosen to be devoted. Chosen to lay down your wants, your desires, your life to be devoted to this. To be devoted to worship. Now, that's not too hard because I like worship. I like the presence of God. I like to get in on what God's going to do. But here's what I want to tell you. You have to lay down everything else in order to get into that moment with God. So that's why we're sacrificing. That's why Pastor Amanda's called a fast because some only come by prayer and by fasting. You say, what comes? How many knows there's an increase of ability through His Holy Spirit? And it only comes when I'm sacrificing, pushing meals aside, whatever it is you're pushing aside, but you're pushing it aside and you're praying at the same time and you're focused on what His Word is for your life. And I'm telling you, there's something that happens. You want to kill your flesh? You want to kill your flesh? Fast. And I'm just going to say this. The way that I have killed my flesh in the past, and I, you can fast whatever you want, but there's something about fasting meals and food that will... I'm telling you, it will, it will mortify your flesh. It will crucify your flesh. It will get rid of the things that you have tried so hard year after year, the thoughts. You want to resist the enemy? Fast. And you watch. That devil will run so far from you because there's no flesh attached to you. And all that's happening now is the spirit man is starting to arise and your senses are opening up. There is a need for preaching. There is a need for us reading the Word tonight. There is a need for pure atmospheres of worship, but the defining mark of God's dwelling place must be inquiring and praying unto the Lord. Jesus, as I said, launched the church through prayer. Acts 2. The disciples were waiting, sitting in, in, in the Spirit, waiting, worshiping, and they were, they were waiting on an empowerment. They had the indwelling presence. But they were waiting for that infilling power of God. And they, as they were waiting and praying and worshiping, the Bible says that something began to take place. This is what they did. I believe this with all of my heart. They were preparing themselves for what was about to be released. How many would be willing to prepare yourself for what God wants to release next? You say, what are you talking about? He's still working on me. He's shaping me. He's molding me. In all the adversities that I'm facing, he's, 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 notching, he's, he's notching out some things in my life. He's, he's cultivating kingdom culture in me. I may not see it all yet. I may not understand his ways all the time, but he, he will enlighten you if you'll stay close to him. He'll start to reveal what he's doing in your life. And we see that, he's, that, that they were waiting and they were interceding and letting God shape them and cleanse them. Cleanse me, O oh God. Created me a clean heart. That David prayer. I was, I, I, I'm praying, Lord, because I know that you've promised something. And so, God, I know if you've said it, it's going to be released. It's going to happen. So I'm just waiting here. Matter of fact, whatever's in me that would get in the way of what you're releasing, just go ahead and get it out of the way. Bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, pride, whatever the case may be, a gossipy spirit. Come on, somebody. I've been on that one a lot here lately. I don't know why, but God does. And here's what happened. As they were getting ready, and, and, and how many knows you've got to remove some stuff in order to have room for Him to feel some stuff? And that's what's happening here. Acts 2, they're waiting, removing things, waiting, removing. And I believe God was just waiting at the right time. Right time. Okay, yep, they're ready. They're ready. Everything that I taught them and trained them, I, I can see it's in their, in their thoughts. They're working it out. They're, they're positioning themselves for a pouring out. They're positioning themselves for what I promised in Acts 1 and 8, and it's getting ready to happen. 
And in Acts 2, through worship and intercession, we see that, I love this, man, I'm telling you, I'm just Pentecostal, I can't help myself. But it said, clothing tongues of fire began to set on their head. Can you imagine this? Clothing tongues of fire set on each of their head. It was a personal experience. Are you hearing me? It was in a personal flame that set on their head. And the Bible said, and then all of a sudden there was a sound as a, as a wind that came in that room and it, and it filled just a part of them. Uh, yeah, just making sure you're awake. It said it filled every, watch this, they were setting. But I promise you when that wind got a hold of them, I bet they wasn't sitting in. I believe they were standing. I believe they were speaking in tongues. I believe people were already being delivered. I believe people were being healed, and they couldn't contain. Let it. It couldn't be contained in that room. They started to hit the streets. And when Peter preached his first message, three thousand souls were saved into the kingdom. Why? Because they waited. They prayed. They praised. They worshipped. Somebody say it's prayer. You need to say this to, to your neighbor. It's a prayerful church that is a powerful church. I know it's something that we say and it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it in your phone because I'm telling you, if you pray, there is nothing that the enemy can, he can place in your way to stop you. If you are a warrior, I know what I'm talking about. There's, you, you, don't want, you don't have to have all of the things when you have him. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have material riches when you have him. You will be content in all of your ways because you know that everything you need is in him. And I'm not living for this place. I'm living for another dimension and I'm going to get there and I need this power to help me and to push me, this wind to move me and lead me and to guide me. And anytime there was trouble, we see that they would pray from Acts 2. Then we see in Acts 4, there was persecution that came because they were preaching. They were arrested and imprisoned and threatened. And they didn't call, uh, watch this, they didn't call a protest, come on somebody. Or they didn't call uh, somehow to get some political leverage. But they called on the church to pray. Is there anybody in this day and hour that will stop looking at the political realm and understand that we have the power of God and the potentials of the kingdom in this church? Come on. We can shut down abortion clinics if we can get the understanding that when we are living stones, praying with one another and agreeing with one another, we can shut down the abortion clinics. We can shut down the alcohol stands. Come on, somebody. We can bring some prostitutes out of the streets if we can pray, we will have the potential of the kingdom of heaven. So we have to understand that God is trying to get us to not just come to the house of prayer, but be a piece of the house of prayer. And when I'm that peace, when I'm in trouble, I have the potential when I pray. Come on. When I'm persecuted, I have a potential and a way out when I begin to open my mouth and depend on Him. <laughs> when I pray uh, and, and it flows from a place of encounter and, and it flows from a place of experience and closeness and close proximity with Jesus, it's that place that, that it has desire attached. I'm not saying perfect. Don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. We're, none of us are perfect in this house, but where is your heart? What's your heart's desire? Is your heart to be close to Him? Because if your heart's to be close to Him, He desires to be close to you. And it changes the human heart when we begin to communicate through prayer. It shifts families. It redeems ministries. It, 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 it communicates in a realm of prophetic that we cannot tap into our, our, our carnal intellect. I, I don't know what chain that you came into this place with tonight, but I heard the Lord say that if you will talk about and that you will declare and that you will put in the heart of my people a place and uh, uh, a house of prayer, He says, I'm going going to break chains in their life if I can get them to, in a mindset of always praying it, the, I know that we can't pray all the time but what's your heart doing what, what is your spirit saying what is your spirit speaking what are we feeding the most here's what I want to tell you feed your prayer life and watch the potentials begin to ooze out of you watch the potential of heaven begin to release unto you when you begin to pray I came to tell some people in this place tonight that from Genesis 
changes to revelation. Every time that there was prayer, there was the power of God released in every situation. You say, what are you talking about? Whatever your chain is in this place tonight, whether it be physical and some of you need a healing and your family needs a healing and somebody's laying up in a hospital room, but is there anybody that through prayer in the name of Jesus that you know you have the potential to reach the throne room? And how many knows that there's healing still in your Savior? Come on. Do you know that there's healing in him tonight? So I believe that there's a chain physically that's going to break. I believe that there's some habits that God wants to handle tonight in his house of prayer. And I believe that there's some habits. Come on, somebody, and help me that we're going to break off tonight because we're not going to be limited by the habits that so easily beset us. I like to say it like this. I've said it many times that old habits and old haunts, they begin to lose their attractiveness. Come on, somebody. This is not something that we have to uh, war through even. All we have to do is trust through. All we have to do is depend on God. All we have to do is lean on Him. All we have to do is cast our cares and our heavy burdens upon Him. That literally means get it off of you. Throw it off of you because it's too heavy for you to carry. But I come to tell you, He's already carried it out. He's already carried it for you. He's already given you the victory and the key is in our communicational system to heaven. I came to tell somebody that when, when, when people in the Scripture prayed like Moses prayed, God spared Israel from judgment. When Joshua prayed, God calls, watch this, the sun to stand still. Your prayer has the potential to stop the sun from rotating. Well, I just... That's Joshua. That's Moses. You know how we do. I, I want to tell somebody that when Hannah prayed, God gave her a baby. When Solomon prayed, God gave Solomon wisdom. What do you want? Wisdom. God granted him what he asked for. There's something about asking. Come on. You know your father wants to give it to you. He's just waiting on you to ask him. Come on. You know your father answered that door. He's just waiting on you to knock and he's going to open it up for you. Elijah prayed. I like Elijah because he's just dynamic when he prays. Because when he'd pray, fire would come from heaven. <sighs> I love that. Fire come from heaven. When he prayed, the size of a man's hand would produce rain. When he would pray, there was power behind his prayers. And here's the key. Don't stop. Don't quit. When you don't see it, keep praying. When you, see, when you don't see it, keep on pressing in and, and you'll see the, the clouds form rain. I'm telling you, there's some rain coming. I felt that thing when you was prophesying. I believe that prophetically, God is getting ready to rain in your life. Come on, somebody. He's going to reign in your life. And he got on his knees, Peter, we see in one particular story, that, that he raised Dorcas from the dead. Why? Because he, this, in this particular uh, place, he got on his knees in prayer. Let me tell you, when you hit your knees, God will stand for you. And he got on his knees and he was praying and he turned to her. Sometimes you've got to turn to whatever it is you're praying about. You've got to target that thing. Come on, somebody. The Bible said he turned to her and he said, Tabitha. So you need to start calling it out. Whatever it is, marriage, you, you know, whatever it is, whatever your husband's name, uh, Sam, Susie, whatever they are, uh, you need to line up in the name of Jesus, begin to target that thing, begin to speak to that thing as not as though it was, and watch God raise your spouse and your marriage up and raise your dreams up and give you everything that he promised, but sometimes we got to target it, we got to look at it, and we got to speak to it. My God, I didn't really intend to do that one there, but thank you, Jesus. She opened her eyes. How many knows that what you speak to will come to life? Ha! She opened her eyes and she set up. It, she came to life and then she took action. She set up. You remember when Jesus touched the boy in, in, in the coffin? And when He touched him, He set up. Just the touch. Just the touch of our Master and everything that's dead inside of you has to set up. My God, I felt that right there. You know, you know when you feel it just come up and it's 
I said everything inside of you, one touch. You, you don't need really even an outpouring. You just need one touch from Him. Come on. One touch in your life can resurrect every broken thing. One touch in your life can put back in everything that the enemy took when you was a baby. Come on. That the enemy took from you in the past. God says one touch of the masker can give you life. And not only life, but John 10.10, we know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But God said, I didn't want to just give you a little life, a little dabble, do you? But how many knows that the God that I serve, he don't just halfway do a thing? How many knows that... When he touched your life, it was completed. Hallelujah. You were saved in that moment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you went to the altar one way, but when you got up, everything shifted in you. Everything shifted in your mind. Everything shifted in your heart. I don't need a 10-step program. I'm filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. When you get the real thing, the real thing will begin to lead you. Uh, come on, some. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. The Holy Spirit is my guide. All I need is a closet, and God will show me the way. When you get it for real, no devil can take it away from you. When you get it for real, your parents' misfortunes will not pull it away from you. Are you hearing me right now? I want you to understand somebody is going to get it for real tonight. Yeah, I'm telling you, sometimes we can sit in church and we can play the game, but the games are over. Come on. I feel like the writing on the wall, the party is over. We've desecrated the vessels of God long enough, and I hear God say, I'm going to fill my church again with life. I'm going to fill my God with uh, the church again with purity and there's going to be a pure stream that's going to come out of the house. There's a priesthood that's rising. I said there's a pure priesthood that's going to rise whether you get in with it or not. Come on, I'm trying to push you. I'm trying to help somebody because I'm telling you if you'll get in a position of the priesthood if you'll get in a position of prayer I'm here to tell you we're going to see miracles, signs and wonders like we've never seen before. Is there anybody that can put a praise on that kind of miracle worker is there anybody that can put praise on if I can join with my brother and I can join with my sister in prayer we can shake prison doors open come on we can shake foundations when we begin to pray the Bible says in Acts 4 that when they prayed the place began to shake there's a whole lot of shaking about to go on I'm going to just say it. It's not a coincidence that the movie Elvis Presley has come out because he talks about the jail rocking. And here's the shame of it. Elvis Presley had a desire for the presence of God, but he had corrupted influences that influenced his steps. I'm talking about people that pulled the Bible from his hand and wouldn't let him get into the book that he desired. And he led him down a, a road called death. But I'm here to tell you right now, there's about to be a shakening. There's, I'm telling you, in the entertainment, world. I believe that heaven is getting ready to hit some people. I'm talking, there's some secular uh, uh, there's some secular markets that's getting ready to see the supernatural of God. Are you hearing me right now? I said there are some entertainers that are about to be intercessors. There's a shift getting ready to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because His glory is coming. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that he's the anointed one. He anointed me with his anointing. Come on, somebody. It's his anointing. I'm just borrowing what is his. Come on, somebody. It's just in me. It's not, it's not me. It's just in me. And he begins to allow it to come out. And I believe that there's going to be some secret agents in the secular market. I don't know why I'm here. But I'm telling you, in Nashville... It's already been prophesied, so I'm just going to agree with the word of the Lord. It's going to be noted for the greatest outpouring. Come on, somebody, of God's Spirit. It's not going to be noted for the drunken uh, town that, that everybody knows it's at, that what knows it of. I'm telling you, there's going to be a power that's going to hit Nashville, Tennessee, and it'll be like the light that hit Peter in the jail cell and struck those chains loose. I'm telling you, there's some addictions that's going to break because there's an anointing, a fresh anointing that's going to be released over Nashville, Tennessee. I don't prophesy like this, but I prophesy. I declare that every wicked force 
flesh that would try to keep this city in bondage and in prison and in chains. I declare that there's an angel that's getting ready to be dispatched and there's a light coming into some darkness and going to strike some people free. And how many knows that when Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. I wish you'd stand to your feet right now and give God 30 seconds of praise because I'm telling you what we have seen we will we have never seen what God is about to do I see a Haggai coming on I thank God for what I've witnessed I thank God for what I've experienced but there's a greater latter day glory that's coming to Nashville Tennessee that's coming to restoring Hope Church that's coming to every church on the corner God is no respecter of people and he's going to release his power He's going to release his power where there's prayer. Just lift your hands toward heaven right now, right now, right now. Get in focus. He's going to release his power to those who are interceding. He's going to release his power like he did to Moses, like he did for Joshua, like he did for Jonah who was in the belly of the well. And Jonah in his desperation cried out, come on, there's some people in a well. Are you hearing me right now? There's some preachers that are on uh, entertainment stages, but they're going to convert and they're going to transition and they're going to preach with power because they have influence and God's going to use their influence to pull in the harvest. I, I feel this thing. There's going to be a Nineveh experience where there's some people that are, are, are wicked and they're killers and they're murderers and, 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 and they, they, are, they are corrupt in all their ways but there's some people that's getting ready to shift. There's some people that's getting ready to change and it's not going to be so much about the gift but there's an oil that's calling them. There's an anointing that God has assigned to them. And don't be jealous of it. Well, I've served God all my life and I, why can't God give me the anointing you celebrate what God's going to do through them and you watch how he's going to use you and if it may be a doorkeeper but boy you're going to be the greatest doorkeeper in the sanctuary come on somebody you may be an usher but boy you'll be the oiliest usher that, that this world has ever seen I'm here to tell you everybody's going to be a peace and we got to be okay with what peace God is releasing to us God's showing up. I'm going to close with this. My daughter, speaking of entertainment, we was at the Dove Awards one night. We were there to present and to accept. And for a bunch of, they even called us many times, country bumpkins. They fell off the turnip wagon, you know, all those things. And I remember being there, and it was Amanda and I. It wasn't with the Crab family, and we were honored to be able to present that night. And we received an award that night. But out of nowhere, before we received the award, we were up for award. We, we didn't receive the award. But before we got to that moment in the show, it was in the very early stages of that show, we got a phone call, and they told us to silence our cell phones, but Holy Spirit knew that we needed to keep ours on. And for some reason, our cell phone was on. That was back when you didn't have Apple. You know, it was, it was when they barely worked. You know what I'm saying? And we were sitting there, and all of a sudden, Amanda's phone starts ringing. In our babysitter's apartment, there was a window that was two stories up, and my little girl fell 15 feet out of a second-story window, hit an air conditioner unit, split her head wide open, severed her lip from her jawbone. But instantly, I'm talking instantly, the first thing that I thought to do was, When I began to pray, I didn't care who saw me. I didn't care that Toby Mac was there. Come on, somebody. I didn't care who, what artist was there. All I knew is that there was no words inside of me 
greater than the Spirit that needed to clear from me. And I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I prayed the whole way. And I ran my legs to a... I'm telling you, they were so weak. The next day, trying to get to that, that car, my car was, uh, uh, was uh, distraught because I had to pedal to the metal, trying to get to the emergency room, trying to get to my daughter. I beat the ambulance there. We continued to pray in that atmosphere. But not only were we praying, somebody let, some, uh, let it out of the box at the Dove Awards. And Don Donnie McClurkin was emceeing that night and he stopped the Dove Awards. Hallelujah. And he stopped the Dove Awards and he said, we got to stop this award show because there's a little girl that needs our prayers. And he began to pray and that whole, that whole building began to pray and all those artists began to pray and the power of God began to fill that place. And all over the world, they were praying for Eva. I was getting messages on Facebook that churches were praying. I'm here to tell you, when you get a church praying, hallelujah, that enemies assignment for your life will be annihilated. And I'm here to tell you that through that prayer, Eva came out with a few bruises and no broken bones and no internal injuries. And I'm here to tell you that her name means life. And every time we called her name, hallelujah, we spoke life over that situation. And I heard the prophet say that her head hit an air conditioner unit because every time she opens her mouth and she's on the beach right now, opening her mouth in worship, and she changes the temperature in a room. Let me tell you, the enemy might have an assignment for your life, but if you have prayer, you have power. Come on. If you have prayer, you have power. And if you've got some brothers who will agree with you, and if you've got some sisters who will agree with you, no weapon formed against your family, against your marriage, against your children will be able to prosper. Come on, if you've got an assignment over your family right now, this would be the time to just lift your hands and just begin to focus and let a prayer come out of you. Come on, you need to tell the enemy this means war. You've tried and you've tried and you've tried, but I didn't come to play. I came to pray. I didn't come to play. I came to pray. I came to pray. I came to push until something happens. I came to pray until something happens. I came to praise until something happens, and I'm not going to stop until I see it. I'm not going to stop. Even when my mouth is silent, my spirit is screaming out, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. God is my miracle worker. God is my way maker. God is the light in this darkness, in this cell, in these chains. I wish I had somebody that had a praise on the inside of you now. Somebody give God a praise like the praise of Paul and Silas. Like the praise of Paul and Silas when they were locked up and chained up and thrown in a Philippian jail cell awaiting to be stoned to death. But they decided, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to praise. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to shout. I'm going to pray. I'm going to cry to God until these prison doors open up, until these chains break off of my life. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.